outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. Call feeling this good about your, your group this early in camp? Well, you, I'm not a positive guy. <laughs> I don't want to answer that question. <laughs> and with that, welcome to the Inside OU podcast on Thursday at Vanessa House, right in front of the door as Zach Smith, the owner, uh, leaves in a rushed hurry to get away because I was trying to shove the microphone into his face to be like, hey, talk about this or talk about that. But, no, you can come to Vanessa House on Broadway and 8th in downtown Oklahoma City. I, I, I can never tell if this is Midtown or Automobile Alley or just a stone's throw from uh, Bricktown. It's just somewhere in that general vicinity. Like You know where that hideaway pizza is off Broadway in Oklahoma City. It's right down the street from it. I'm looking at Hideaway right now because we are recording outside in, let's see, 96? This is better than what it's been the last couple days, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm taking a gigantic risk here. I put sunscreen on my newly finished tattoo on my arm because the sun is beaming directly at it. Uh, but hopefully nothing bad happens from it. I like it, but my God, did it hurt. But no, Vanessa House. Bingo Bango song going Thursdays. We've got a Super Smash Brothers tournament oh. on, Mon- on Mondays. Every Monday, you come here and play some Super Smash Brothers with some, I'm not kidding, legitimate professionals. Oh, I bet they people come in and swarm. You know, we take we take this stuff seriously. We take, like, you know, 20-year-olds playing football seriously. <laughs> uh, a lot of them not making money doing so, unfortunately. We take it seriously, and that's okay that we can do that. People can take playing video games seriously, and there's, I'm not kidding, like, Dudes and some girls that come in here with jerseys on with some nicknames of like, no, I get sponsored by this, this, and this to oh, just facts. to just clown people on Super Smash. Dude, esports like it's almost because I play a lot of Call of Duty and I've won a lot of games. No, n- like no brag though. No, well, I mean, people that have played with me, if they listen to this, they would understand. But my point is, is that like it's almost stupid not to do that. Like make Twitch, like do a Twitch stream, and like. Have people watch you play? You make so much money. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. Usually, if I get a twitch, I, I get a little scared. I need probably need to consult my physician. But yeah, Mondays we get Super Smash Brothers tournaments. Tuesday I host trivia. So if you don't have anything going on on Tuesdays around seven, and you want some good beer and you want to hang out with some cool people and do trivia, and don't worry, I throw in some sports questions in there because do I, you? I'm, oh, of course I do. I try not to. I try not to put like. Metallica questions in there. I try not to put like <laughs> football questions in there, but they kind of just sneak in there when I'm writing them down. I asked a Troy Aikman question um, last Tuesday. The, f- the previous Tuesday, I asked a James Hetfield question because it was on August 3rd, which is his birthday. He just turned 50. Nice. Happy birthday, James Hetfield. Late birthday. Uh, but yeah, we got trivia on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, karaoke, Thursdays. Like I said, bingo, bingo, songo. And basically every day, it's just great beer, it's just great fun. Uh, we got the Destination Wedding. We got the Vic Secret. Davis, what do you got? Uh, I have the 401k, and as they're playing Crazy Train, it just gets me more ready for football. I was going to say, yeah, that I was great timing. For sure. We've got I – mean, is it time for OU to kind of – as somebody who loves heavy metal and who, lo- who loves Ozzy Osbourne, do we need to do something else? No. Davis says no. No. I, I will say, like – that just there's two songs that have to stay stick around for forever. That song has punt every time they punt it to the middle of the field. That love it when they when they play that song, and I also love it when they when the, all the team comes out and they play "Who You Wit." I mean, it's again those are the two songs that should never change. Perry on Winfrey wants you to change a little bit of things on third down though. Sounds like that's gonna happen. Mm. That's sick, though. Well, Perry on Winfrey wants something. I think it's in everybody's best interest to give it to him, as as long as there's, you know, as there's no as no damage. Can they just put a C on his chest, even if he's not a captain? I don't walk around like I got a C on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> they should put a C on his damn jersey, though. Is it is anybody else like pleasantly surprised that Perry on Winfrey is so vocal in like a positive way? And so, so what a I little mean, bit. So what I mean by that yeah. is, is typically when you see a player of that magnitude in terms of the physical makeup, you know they're, they're usually a little bit more soft spoken. Like just your typical like awesome looking football player. Like a lot of them are soft spoken. He is just opinionated and proud of it, and that's what you want. That's what you want out of a badass player. 
So it's mm. awesome because, you know, we've had this question, you know, I mean, even even last year, like who's going to fill the leadership role left by Kenneth Murray, like the emotional leader, the vocal leader. Uh, Kenneth Murray provided a lot of that for that defense two years ago. And while the defense was still very good last year, and Ronnie Perkins probably filled a lot of those roles himself, he's gone. So the question kind of remains. Perrion seems to be kind of well at home of having to answer questions to the media, putting stuff out there on Twitter, being very vocal on Twitter, which is so great. I mean, he's basically just Baker Mayfield on defense. He's at a point where... Would any of us be shocked if he, like, planted a flag somewhere? No. No. Like, are, like again, like, are we sure he's not going to be suspended for the first quarter of the Western Carolina game? You know you know who gives a shit about that? Nobody. I was just... I was, I, again, like, I wasn't meaning that in, like, a horrible way, but just in terms of, like, that's just who Perry... He, he does his thing, and that's it. I thought it was interesting. You know, I don't know if we're getting to this topic here, but I thought it was interesting, Brady, that Calvin Thibodeau did bring up. It's like, man, we need him to be that way on every down, which is kind of what we've talked about over the last nine months. Yeah. And, But at the same time, I mean, it's hard to ignore that he is going to be kind of the heartbeat of that defense. As Oklahoma goes defensively, it's going to be – Completely based on what Perrion Winfrey does. I need to watch his first media session because I've heard it's electric. Have you watched it? I've not watched. The only only person I've watched start to finish, like I told you before we went on, was DJ Graham. Yes. The other day I was reading John Hoover's article from SI Sooners on DJ basically obviously coming to OU as a receiver and now being a, apparently a badass corner. And from what we saw last year, uh, what we saw in some of the highlight reels thus far on Twitter, and again, like I'm not a big oh the catch was it yeah. today that got dropped that video? Yeah, holy! Yeah. I'm not a big I'm not a big like oh look at the highlights on Twitter from the heavily edited and heavily like sifted through sure OU football account. So let's take so show much show all it. the incomplete passes, Lincoln. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the QB battle like? But no, 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 no. no. I, I've actually done a very poor job of starting this off because we we started off with the Bill Beanbow quote. Uh, we start, you know, we, we just basically kind of go through the motions at that point. Really what we need to start doing um, is, you know, my name's Brady. That's Keegan. Davis, <laughs> Davis is right there. We're at Vanessa House. A weekly a weekly joins us every week. I yeah. appreciate it. More than more than he knows. I really do. Yeah. Like, I know we both do. Davis has a cordless microphone in his hand, but someday there will be a third cord and someday that cord will be hooked up and Correct. Uh, you are you're the stats guy. Stats guy. Yeah, he's talking into a cordless microphone. So it's okay. It's okay. We'll pick it up it's later. It's like the what is it, twenty one jump street where they give him the wooden gun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Davis, we love you. No, 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 no. Brady Trantham here, Keegan Renault. We're seven, eight minutes into this damn thing, so let's get the party started. I did want to start off today by uh, mentioning that um, go listen, if you have not already, to the Crimson Cream Machine's most recent podcast. That is with Kamiar Morabian and Stephen Brown. They do a wonderful job covering OU football uh, in their own right on Twitter and, of course, on their podcast, one of my favorite OU podcasts, of course. Uh, but they had, uh, you know, a very polarizing person on a uh, polarizing on purpose because Doug, sure. Doug Gottlieb, he's like on the bench at Fox Sports. Like he has his own radio show. I get that. And look, I would love to be in his position. I'd love to be on the bench on Fox Sports, but uh, he's on the bench and, and, that, and that's fine. So he comes on to an OU podcast to basically explain why he said that thing on Twitter. What was it a week ago about how? Um, it's OU's responsibility, essentially, to let OSU know, like, their partners and OU doing this to OSU is bad form, blah, 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 blah. You know, we get that, we get that. So, you know, obviously, this is like a week later mm -hmm. that Doug jumps on this podcast. And I, I don't know how Gottlieb is viewed amongst OSU fans, the OSU alum base. I had, mul after those tweets, I just want to let you know, I had multiple OSU fans reach out to me and be like, what is Gottlieb doing? Well, see, that's the weird. Like, that's the reason why I bring that up because OSU fans don't like anybody of influence that cover or talk sports. <laughs> that's true. That are, like, they don't like Jim Traber. They don't like Sam Mays, and apparently, they don't like Doug Gottlieb. Is there anybody else? No. Is there anybody else on ESPN or Fox that has an OSU tie? I'm trying to know. I, I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I've got. I mean, they love Brandon Whedon, but if he started working for ESPN for some reason, they'd fucking hate him too. <laughs> 
That's yeah. probably so, true. So point being, I, I don't know how Doug Gottlieb is viewed, and therefore I don't know if he's necessarily speaking for the vast majority of the fan base, but from what we've seen over the last few weeks since the whole SEC thing has come down is it's right in line with how a lot of them have felt. And I was just so disappointed that a week after he tweets that, with more time to think about, like more takes, like maybe have more nuance and context to what has actually gone on. In the meantime, OU has released all their stuff from saying, like, we tried to get OSU involved with the deal and the SEC didn't want them, and we had to kind of just look out for ourselves at that point. He is still, Doug Gottlieb, he is still acting on emotion. Sure. And I can't help but think, is OSU as an institution still reacting emotionally? And I'm just, it's, it's, that is disappointing because what that could potentially mean is there is no more Bedlam because the ball is in their court. Do I care about Bedlam? No, but a lot of people care about sure. it. A lot more people, and so therefore I'm not going to be an asshole and say, well, I don't like it, and it's not really a rivalry. But I'll tell you this, I'm like every other OU fan. The last thing that I want to do is lose to fucking OSU. No doubt. So in that vein, it is a rivalry. So, um, Do they have a bike crew that comes by every week at Thursday at 7 o'clock, 7.15? Is this normal? Right, OKC? Oh, that's what that is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they come in here sometimes. Nice. Okay, I wanted to say something on Gottlieb. One, I want to give shot Kamiar for getting that done. That's amazing. Um, and I don't know. Was I, it Kamiar or was it Steve? Because I think Steven just like slid into Doug's Oh, DMs did he really? He I didn't was, know who it was, obviously. I think, I think Steven... Steven sent me a screenshot of like him saying, "Hey, you want to jump on the pod?" Because <laughs> his, his his DMs are open. You can DM Doug Gottlieb. So if you run a podcast out there, OU fans, just hit up Doug Gottlieb. Hit up Doug Gottlieb. Yeah, he'll join you. Um, shout out to them for getting that done. Because again, for getting a, a guy like Gottlieb to come on is it, one is huge. Two, he still did he not change his, any of his takes that were all wrong. No, like, no, like, like, legitly, factually wrong. He said "fuck OU," which I'm, I'm not offended by that. But what it just shows is just the emotion. It shows the emotional reaction, which, like, the reason why I keep stressing, like, f this, you know. Okay, Zach, you know, you don't, you don't have to be rude. You don't have to be rude to me. Don't, please, don't fire me. This is where I make all of my money. Please, God. Oh, okay. oh, God. I didn't get the memo. Apparently, no. Uh, the reason why I'm stressing the whole emotional thing is because I would like to still see OU and OSU play every year. Yep. I would like to see there be that type of partnership. Uh, Doug kept stressing that OU and OSU are a complete partnership in his in this podcast with Kamiar and Steven. And my what? thing is, yes, OU and OSU are partners in at some at some levels, at different levels. That, they they're weren't par- partners until the 80s, though, right, With the big six, from the Big Six to the Big Eight? Something like that, right? right. OSU was in the Big Eight in the, f- uh, the f- 40s, weren't they? 50s? So how long? Yeah, how long has Wait, so OSU that won- been around? OSU claimed a national title from a year where they were in the Missouri Valley Conference. God, man, that makes that worse. Well, and they also took away from one of the greatest college football teams ever. By doing oh, it. yeah. Like, talk to any college football historian. Who are your top five college football teams of all time? 1945 Army's one 45 Army's on there. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. So Oklahoma State had a bunch of, like, alum and donors back up in Stillwater last weekend, which I – I believe I – I don't know if I messaged you this. I was like, be prepared for all sorts of message board leaks because they're welcoming in like 50 donors and alumni in Stillwater this weekend. Um, and, again, I, I'll say this. Like, I definitely am on board of Bedlam for me personally. I feel like it's just one of those things that kind of has to happen. Um, you know, I, I – I, again – from Oklahoma's perspective, it's helped for strength of schedule. From for them, it is for yeah. having, having that game another Power Five, well, Power Four game. Um, we'll get into that. Oh, we'll we'll no. get into that over the next week. I don't know. BYU posted some eyes. I don't know what the hell that did. Means. They really? Yeah. The did fuck? You, Davis, did you see that? BYU posted like a big eye emoji. Now BYU's account posted a big eye emoji. I did. Did the did I, Zach Wilson get a sixth year of eligibility or? Yeah, I, I don't. I really don't care about BYU. And um, I was gonna say like, it makes too much sense though. Like, it almost makes too much sense. That's probably why Bedlam won't happen. Because as I said, I've said this on the radio before. 
And now uh, our boy Joe Woods. You notice how some this guy named Joe Woods with a bunch of numbers after his name is OSU fans like responding to you and I and everything. Have you noticed that? Well, God love him. I like when people respond to me. It means people care. No, I know. But he was like, Oklahoma State, if they go in the Pac-12, they're, they're going to make the you know college 12 playoff regardless if they play OU or not. I'm like, man, you just don't get it. You don't get it. They don't get it. And and it was funny. Um, I don't know if you were texting me about A&M. I actually saw <laughs> saw a text message or message a while back. And, like, can you call them Aggie because it makes me feel better like that? Like, that's just being Aggie. Like, Godly was being an Aggie. Like, that's – I have a soft spot for – I have a soft spot for uh, – I have a soft spot for Oklahoma State. But at the same time, though, Brady, like – if Oklahoma State says that they don't see value in it, one, they're wrong in their part. And two... they're acting on emotion. When correct. you act on emotion, you make wrong decisions. Correct. They're wrong. And two, if you beat Oklahoma that once every eight years that you do it, you're probably going to the playoff because you only got to win eight more games. Right? No, because they beat Oklahoma when they're not good. Except for that one year. <laughs> there was a lot. Where there was... Uh, what did... Uh, What's the guy? What's the play-by-play guy's name for OSU? Dave Hunziker. Oh, yeah, what did Hunziker say? Like, let it be known, a changing of the guard. 2011. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good quote. Um, they've won one game since. <laughs> I'm on a cleanse. I can't speak further. Yes, and, uh, that one's not part. I mean, no, that's is. not in part it, to him. It's is a, it? No, it's involved. It's essentially like a Stoops cleanse. Sure, but so this I, is more of about a punt, punt instead of a. Defense issue, though, right? J- the decision that went into it. The decision. But isn't the cleanse with the M1, not yeah, the Mike? B1? Well, yes. Yeah, but, I mean, you can't have one without the other. Okay, I'm with you there. Because he did bring the one back. Well, bringing him back was fine if you kept Brent Venables. Yeah. But Brent, you know, Brent funny. smartly was like, no, I don't want to be a co-DC again. I'm clearly good enough. I've just kind of fallen off the last few years. Have you – I mean, I know you know of that story, though, right, because of people that were connected with, both of us, about Brent V leaving. It's always so funny hearing that he actually didn't want to go, but his agent was just like, you're turning down that money to go to Clemson to, to be a co-DC with Mike? Yeah. You know? So it's funny. I was going to say this, though, about Oklahoma State. Clearly the right choice was made. <laughs> With Brent, I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, Brent sure, sure. Right yeah, no doubt. I, I was going to say, my last thing on Oklahoma State, before we move into a little bit of the stuff, the quotes that have come out this week, my quotes, my, my quotes, quotes. Before the before we get to those, they are acting on emotion still. They are acting as if they could potentially be on the same level playing field because of all the other Olympic sports. Yeah, but that's just not reality. And and look, like he, he kept bringing that up too. And and look, like like I've been very consistent since this whole thing has dropped last month. I don't want OU to be responsible for the deaths of a lot of these programs. Sure, like I, I don't. But want that's why it's Texas's fault. Yeah, I don't want that on on my conscience. And I do when when I say that I do think about like the Olympic sports. Do I watch them? No. But kids, you know, work their entire lives. Their entire young, sure, kid, child lives, high school lives, to get to a point where they can get a D one scholarship to a place like OSU or Kansas State to play, you know, go do track and field, go do whatever. And if that's taken away, if those opportunities are taken away because of relegation, then that you know that I don't want that. I don't want that for their opportunities or like all those kids and their parents. So um, make no mistake, like I have sympathy for that. But at the end of the day. OU has no responsibility thinking about other people's opportunity or lack thereof. Sure. And that's that's the whole point. So when OSU is like screaming at OU or OU fans about how they were so mean and you partnered with Texas, how could you? We're Oklahomans. It's like they were going to partner I, with fucking Kansas to go to the Big Ten. I mean, like it wasn't going to be Oklahoma State. Who like, said? Who said it on Twitter? Somebody said on Twitter that. You know, Davis like showed me when you were talking that OSU actually joined the Big Eight in '58. They were the yes, eighth, I saw. Yeah, the I just looked that team up. that joined. Uh, but somebody on Twitter was like a few weeks ago. Like, did did OSU owe Tulsa something when they left the Missouri Valley Conference for the Back bi- in for 50s. the Big Seven to make the Big Eight? It's like, uh, you know, like obviously much different landscape in college football back in the late '50s. 
I'm, I'm not trying to say that, but at the end of the day, it's like there there, there are some parallels. Let's I mean, they also joined the, the Big Eight and didn't go above 500 for a decade. The parallel being OSU made the right decision for their institution so it could, you know, be relevant, so it could grow, and that's exactly what it did. So, for sure. Again, you've had 60 years to be good. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'd say this again. They, it, I've said this before. And I know we're on conference realignment a little bit right now, but I've said this before. We look at you and I have been looking at recruiting data, 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 data for years now. There's absolutely no excuse that they didn't bank off that 2008 to 2011. It's a great book. No excuse. It's a great book. No excuse. <laughs> That'll be it. I think that's all I got. I I don't know if you're firing up the beat and bow quote at this point, but oh, this uh, is a let me. So we open, yeah, we obviously opened up with the. Uh, I mean, because Bill Beanbow is he's a positive guy. <laughs> so I will say, I got a quite. You know this. He did say some comments last year that. Everybody was like, whoa, like he never usually says that. They're way ahead of where they're supposed to be. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so segueing from Oklahoma State over to Bill Beanbo, or I guess let's just say it, our Lord and Savior Bill Beanbo, uh, just a dynamite human being, Metallica fan, by the way. I saw him at the BOK Center in 2018 uh, when Metallica was in town and kicked everybody's ass in there. Like, I mean, I'm still recovering. Uh, Bill Beanbo had this to say at his most recent uh, press availability, and really, Keegan, I'm I'm surprised I've not seen clickbait articles with just the quote without the context to to it, but uh, let's just go ahead and listen to uh, Mr. Bill Beanbo. By doing just the bare minimum. So, across the board, and especially him, he's doing it. He has to. He's a center. He's got to call every play. He's got to get everybody going. Billboard material. Oh, he just he just thinks they're gonna walk through the Big Twelve. That's what you're the, right. That's what they're saying in Manhattan. That's what they're saying in Waco. No, again, I've not seen any clickbait articles about this. It's I'm, I'm frankly kind of surprised. I'm really disappointed because everybody is so bummed that they're not gonna be playing Power Five football in three years that they're just like it, none of this matters. They're all nihilists now. It's. Hearing that, so I, I'll say this again. We're mentioning podcasts. I, I think the Sooner Sports Network pod that Cody or no, Cody. Good morning. It's been a long day. Chris Plank. Um, Cody's not here. He's one of our brewers. I literally have no idea how the name Cody got involved with there because I can't even. Yeah, I'm not even Cody thinking ha- about Cody him. Cody Hawkins, the quarterback who beat OU in 2007 from Colorado. Yep, Dan Hawkins' son. Can I? Hey, tell, I remember I, that. You gotta I give tell, me credit. I remember that. Can I that. tell a personal story about? Tell that? a personal story. So Cody Hawkins' younger brother, um, God, what was his name? I cannot remember his younger brother's name, but he's my age. Mm-hmm. He played high school football at essentially what's the best high? Uh, Jinx Union. What's a better like all time? Union. Union. Okay. He essentially he played at essentially like the I think s- the state of Idaho's like Union, and it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a high school called Bishop Kelly. It's not Bishop Kelly in Oklahoma. It's a Bishop Kelly in in uh, Idaho, it's a private Catholic school in Boise, Idaho. He was the freshman quarterback on the freshman team when I was a freshman at Mountain Home High School. I was a backup defensive end at this point. <laughs> I was a backup defensive end in the, I think this was the fourth or fifth game of our season, and we were 3-1 and one or 4-1, and one, depending on what game this was. And the starter got hurt in the f- end of the first quarter, and so I got... I got slotted in. On the first play, I sacked him. Mm-hmm. Then in the third quarter, I got another sack. And then we were actually beating them, and then they came back and scored a touchdown to go ahead. And then we went back down the field and scored to go up by one, and then they had basically one last chance. And I was exhausted. I had not played this much football at that level in fucking you know, high school sure. in Idaho. The state of Idaho, nothing but love. Home of uh, what's his face? That's the Lander Van, uh, the Van Ness guy. That's with the, uh, what is his name? Leighton Van Der Esch. That's with uh, the Cowboys. Oh, there you go. Yeah, remember that? State? He's from uh, literally. If you look at the picture of like, if you look up where his high school football field's at, 
There's like one little stand, and it's in the middle of the mountain, like two middle, like in the middle of the mountains up there. Yeah, it's hilarious. Eight man, yeah. Yeah, like Keegan was saying, he played eight man football, went to Boise State, then the Cowboys drafted him, and now he's the new Sean Lee. Oh, so he he's basically Ron L. Lewis if Ron L. didn't get hurt. He's basically the Cowboys scapegoat because they can't win anything. But that's a whole nother day exactly. for another story. Anyway, Go anywho. Ahead. Go ahead. So your boy Brady, his uh, athletic prime of his career, <laughs> has two sacks at this point. <laughs> Final drive for Bishop Kelly, you know, in the waning seconds of the game. And I actually got the play wrong. I was supposed to drop back in, into coverage on the sure. flat. And I just said, fuck it, <laughs> sped rushed. And the tackle, I don't know what the tackle was doing because he just didn't block me. And I had a free hit mm-hmm. at this kid, at C- Cody Hawkins' younger brother. I had a free hit at him. And God love you, DJ Ward. I'll bring this up again, but it was basically a DJ Ward moment. Um, I completely missed him. <laughs> I completely missed him. So, again, DJ. Which I DJ Ward moment are you talking about? The Rose Bowl. Okay. The Rose Bowl. Um, I completely <laughs> understand. Like, I've done the same thing. That's why I bring it up. And if you're still listening to the podcast, you know, I love you to death. If you ever want to jump on, and you, can, you can, I'll let you say, stop bringing that up, you dumbass, please. But, again, I'm, I'm trying to stress, I did the same damn thing. I missed him and I because uh, I basically just jumped at mm-hmm. him. I missed him, and when I realized it, I rolled on the ground and just started, like, pounding my fist on the ground. Mm-hmm. And as I kind of got up, I saw that there was, like, a scramble towards the, the far side of the, b- the boundary. I'm like, what just happened? And all of a sudden, the, the ref just, like, points the other direction. We got the football. And then I looked up at the Jumbotron to watch the replay. I had actually hit the ball out of his nice. hand. Nice. <laughs> and I just didn't feel it. And so there was my uh, – that was my athletic pinnacle of my career. I uh, immediately, like, collapsed and started crying. <laughs> I was so, like, I don't know how to feel. And I thought that I had the, uh, the last laugh with the Hawkins clan because this was in 2005. This was before um, OU played Boise State in the Fiesta Bowl. Dan Hawkins was still the coach at uh, Boise State. Uh, but later that season, after I, th- I think Boise State lost – I think they actually lost to Miami in, like, the Boise Bowl, whatever the Boise Bowl was called, the NPC Computers Bowl. Back in the day? So yep. now that's the uh, Idaho Potato Bowl? Yeah, it was back in the day. And then afterwards, he uh, announced that he was leaving for Colorado. And I thought, ooh. So I got – because everybody knew Cody Hawkins. He sure. was still in high school. He was a senior at the time. He was the best quarterback in the state of Idaho. And he was going to go wherever his dad was. He Everybody thought he was going to Boise State, and then he goes to Colorado because his dad goes to coach there. And I thought, ooh, I just beat the shit out of some dude's younger brother <laughs> who's going to get his ass kicked by OU. And I thought I had the last laugh. <laughs> well, well, technically technically OU did because Cody Hawkins did play OU again in 2010. Sure. Yeah, he played, he played OU again in Norman. It was that 8.30 kickoff in Norman. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Where yeah. Kenny, Kenny Stills had one of his like seven big badass blocks mm-hmm. on a Ryan Broyles touchdown. So uh, Cody Hawkins had the last laugh against me personally, but in terms of my OU fandom, OU had the last laugh. So apologies for the big Brady personal masturbation story there, but uh, you know, was that a masturbation story? Well, no, but it was just like me, 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 I, 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 I myself. <laughs> you know, it was just all, it was just all about me. No, I, I'll say this. Fucking four weeks till football, so like indulge. Oh, I'm with you. I I think like the biggest thing that like you you could take away from from that story alone, and you can take away from really just kind of anything, right? Like there's good football players anywhere, Brady. Yes. There's good football players everywhere, and there's a bunch of good football players at Los Alamitos right now. There's a really good football player at Heritage. You got to remember. Florida. You got to remember the Alamitos. You do. You do. You noticed uh, Sooner Report having a busy day today, Brady? Yeah, Brandon Ennis from the state of Florida. Um, DeAndre Moore, who is that again? He is a former five-star – sorry, oh, current five-star wide receiver that's in the 2023 class. That was at Desert Pines, Nevada. Yeah. That now plays high school football where Malachi Nelson plays. Oh, God. I still think they're going to get Jalen. Like they're going to get Jalen Hale too. Someone needs to make like a Charlie Day meme where he's, you know, looking at like the conspiracy theory sure. board of all the threads and stuff. It's like this kid plays at Los Alamitos, so does he. Malachi Nelson knows this guy, and it's like they're all going to OU, man. <laughs> like it's they, that, it's that damn barbecue. <laughs> 
Listen. Nick Saban's like, I'm about to retire. Like, screw this. I'm just going to be real. We've covered, whether it's been out in public or not, right? Like, kind of like my film reviews, right? Like, whether it's been out in public for four years or not, like, um, regardless, we've been covering recruiting. I can't remember a time it's been like this. This is wild. No, this is, uh, I guess this is SEC recruiting. Yeah, this is Big 12. This is just Oklahoma, man. Now, you, know, you know, if these guys come in and do the bare minimum, they can still win the Big 12. Yeah, I, I guess we, sh- we should talk about that. Like, apo- <laughs> again, apologies for, like, hijacking it. But, um, no, I, I don't – he's right. He is right. He, he's correct. I, I'm, I'm frankly a little shocked that that was said, and I think I've mentioned before that, like, I'm, I'm weird. I believe in, like, weird things. Sure. Um, on the Through the Keyhole pod, which, again, you can you can subscribe to Through the Keyhole, $4 a month on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash through the keyhole for extra OU podcasts and OU content out the wazoo, $4 a month or $5 a month, depending on uh, how much you want to pay. Depending on what you kind of want. Depending on what you kind of want. So, um, But on the Tuesday pod, uh, shout out to Peyton Guthrie, a now reoccurring guest apparently. Uh, he was on Inside OU a few weeks ago, so you've heard him on this show. Uh, but... We we brought this up where I'm like I believe in weird stuff in sports and I brought up the whole the weird stat that I've always known that of the four teams who left the Big Twelve ten years ago, uh, OU lost each away game against them the last time they played each team. Did he really? Did they, they really? And they won each home game against them in the last time that they played. So you're talking 2007 Colorado, okay, 2010 Missouri. Yes. 2010 A&M, 2009 Nebraska. You know where I, I was at? The Buffalo Wild Wings on Danforth and Santa Fe and Edmond and watched both Oklahoma games when they lost to Texas A&M and the other game you just mentioned. In well, I mean, well, you need to not go there ever again. Well, considering that Buffalo is now out of business at, Dan, at and Danforth that's, and, and that's Kelly, why. It, it, could, it could be why. Not Danforth, Kelly. Danforth, Santa Fe. Now they – no, Edmund got a uh, – They fell on their sword when they realized the stat. They are like, no, we, got the, we need to retain our honor. They got, that, they got that Buffalo out by I-35 now, which is why everything's moving out there. We're going to have uh, – ed- anyways, I was going to say on the Beatonboat comment, I said this. And uh, <laughs> I said this, and uh, I just completely poured <laughs> a bottle. It's of hard to stay focused after that. I'm not gonna that, lie. That was a debacle. Um, I've had one beer. <laughs> I'd say this: they said some of those same things last year, and I just want you to. I want people to know that. Like there was a bunch of comments right about they had never, you know, Bill Beanbow usually never says stuff like this, you know. Blah, 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 blah. I trust Beanbow on a couple things that he said the other day. But he did say last year that this group was way ahead of where he thought they would be. Yes. And that doesn't mean I don't give him credit or believe what he can do right now. Not at all. But it does is like, all right, let's see it, you know? Because you can only get burned so often from fall camp from fall camp stories. I mean, think about all the guys like there were some people saying this is again, this is not a negative against Trey Brown. Again, this is probably why people were negative about him last year. People in camp were being told that he was going to be a Jim Thorpe award finalist. When you, you know? say when you say people, you can you can say Teddy and Gabe. That did happen. They they said it publicly. So they did say o- it publicly. It's, it's okay. And they did say it publicly. I didn't believe them then. And yes, Trey Brown performed very well, and as the season went along, performed very well, and is now apparently turning heads in Seattle. Which begs the question: I'm on the cleanse. I can't speak further or even ask the question. Is he tearing it up in Seattle? Uh, Pete Carroll's called him out by name multiple times. Uh, a few unprompted, apparently. Interesting. Yeah. Would no, not have believed that. The talent is there. Like, yeah, does he have the legitimate size, that you, the ideal size that you're sure. looking for? No. But he makes up for it with his speed. He's not necessarily afraid of contact. I mean, literally, if, I never, if he... He never struck me as a player that was afraid to tackle somebody. And uh, unfortunately, I had that opinion for about a handful of players on defense back during the 15, 16, 17, 18 season. And Trey Brown was never one of those. It was just always something else with him. Sure. I would say this. Literally, the only – and you've heard me say this before. 
If he would just stop his first instinct when a guy may beat him is grabbing him, he'd be pretty damn good. I'd probably tell him that. I don't think I'm crazy yep. in saying like he had so many holding and pass interference penalties because of that. Yeah. So, you know, I again, I you know, we're bouncing around the different places throughout this, but completely sober, by the way. <laughs> I'm not. I'll be honest. I I'll say this. I I feel a way that if Trey Brown can get in a system where they're going to play more zone coverage and he's not having a guy defend a guy man up, yeah, probably going to suit him best because of his athleticism. All that comes down to is that does he have the natural instincts to play the ball? Now, again, we just brought up like three things that are just based off what we've seen is super questionable, which is not good. But if he's getting brought up in, in Seattle, let's see it. Let's see it work. He's going to play special teams. He's going to be in Seattle throughout the four years of his rookie contract because of his special teams. Yeah, and so he's going to get a shot. But yeah, I I thought there was some interesting stuff out of the NFL this week, Brady. Sam Ellinger is going to be a uh, competing for the backup job in Indianapolis. How do you feel about that? Uh, good for him. And on to the next topic. Is he an air raid quarterback? <laughs> Can, you want to shit on uh, Ian Boyd's takes again? I have uh, been told that there is something in my Big D or my Big Twelve DM that I need to read from the day, and I'm really afraid to go back and read it. Something along the lines of. If oh. Oklahoma State's offensive line has injuries, they won't be as good. Wow. 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 That that took some hard hitting. That took some deep research. Hard hitting. Um if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had multiple injuries on the offensive line, they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl. No, that was the Kansas City Chiefs. Or the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> well, that's the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm did, with yeah, that's the point. Yeah. Did they? Huh. They uh, Patrick Mahomes I, still made like the best throws in that game. Just incredible. Yeah, he was he was still really good despite that offensive line. It's, I, it's Patrick Mahomes. I think he's almost to my favorite non OU player that sure. played in the league because it's Ricky Williams because he was a Dolphin, no and, doubt. And until he quit and then came back and redeemed himself, like I mean, I love me some Ricky. I would say this, Pat, like. Makes me turn in to watch Kansas City every week. He turns you on. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't turn you on. No, not super often. But he. D I guess. Yeah. I guess the answer is yes. If you're asking me if he ever has, yes. But not super often. I don't I, think. I'm still dumbfounded. I'm still dumbfounded. Um. I'm on like again for the third, fourth time or whatever. I'm on a cleanse. Sure. Like I can bring up facts and. When I was watching OU football in 2016, 17, and 18, and it was like a third and long, I was conditioned to expect certain things. Sure. Um, getting off the field was not always one of them on a third and long. When I'm watching different teams play football and it's a third and long, I typically assume, okay, they're going to get off the field and get the ball back. Fast forward to Cleveland and Kansas City with Chad Henney on a third and 11, and this dude, little Jordan Humphreys himself, 10 yards so that they can go for it on fourth and short. I'm still. I still can't believe that that happened. <laughs> like I don't. I don't know if Cleveland gets to the Super Bowl. Like who would they? Have Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo, yeah. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if Cleveland. I don't know if that's a good matchup. No, it wouldn't have been. That secondary from Cleveland would have got shredded by Allen last and year. Buffalo would have had home field, right? Correct. Yeah. It would have been in Buffalo, and their defense. Well, I mean, Cleveland's a cold weather town too. So, I'll say this. I don't know if this is super hot take here, but. Start looking at that division and the what is that the AFC North? That's the division with Baltimore and Cleveland. That's the AFC North, you right? Got old man Roethlisberger. I mean, there's no way that they lose that division, right? Is Balt is Baltimore's defense and offense going to improve that much to where Cleveland not going to be able to succeed? I think Lamar Jackson's good. I know a lot of people sure get polarized with him. I think he's analytics really good. community more yeah. than more than anything. I. Th I think he's good. I mean, Davis, what do you think? I think the Ravens will be good. I just – I like what Cleveland did on their defense to fix the problems. Granted, Those guys are hurt, though, yeah. right now. Granted, you still got to go out and prove it. But I like what Cleveland did. I, I, I'll pick Cleveland to win that division. I also wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore can come out and win it. I'll say this. Greg Newsom starting for Cleveland already is not a good sign. 
like potentially. I think my, my biggest thing is just with Baker and Cleveland is they've had – I'm not going to count Baker's first year as a rookie because he wasn't going to start and like game wasn't one. Wasn't prepped for it, yeah. Wasn't prepped for it, and nobody really had expectations because they at, that time, at the time they were the winless Cleveland Browns. Yep. Um, but the following season they had expectations and they failed, and it was for a multitude of reasons, some injuries, some uh, questionable like – uh, a head coaching decision? Questionable decisions by the head coach, by the front office, like movements and all that. Baker didn't play well particularly. He wasn't helped out by a lot of skill position players. Like, there are a lot of reasons. Then, so they go into the following year, last year, uh, with a tempered level of expectation. They performed, like, over. they overperformed. Baker now they're going back in. Now they're going back into this season with expectation. And basically what I'm trying to say is Baker and the Browns, have not performed well in their one opportunity with expectation, and this is just going to be a year where they have the opportunity to flip that narrative. I think that they can, mm-hmm. and I think that they've addressed the offensive line. I feel like they've addressed the defense. They just got to get healthy, and if they're healthy, like they are clearly, I think, the most talented team in that division. I would say this. I, I, I think that when you look at it, Cleveland is in a position where like, I, I their floor, it's, it's one of those, I hate, you know, everybody hates The floor this. is the basement. Their floor is so high, I just don't even know what their ceiling looks like. Especially if Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt can stay healthy. Does he give you a Chubb? He gives you you know me so in Patrick, old school football. So Patrick Mahomes doesn't turn you on, but Nick Chubb. Nick gives Chubb, you a Chubb certainly does, no doubt. Zach, does Nick Chubb give you a Chubb? Uh, the biggest of Chubbs. There okay, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a softer Vic Secret. Hey, me too. Yeah. It's it's gone though. How do you like it? It's tasty, and I enjoy it. I don't enjoy the company, but other than that, it's good. It's an IPA, right? This is correct, yes. Big secret of the house. What is an IPA? Uh, it's, it's a really fucking boring answer. It's an <laughs> India Pale Ale. There's history behind it. The British shipped beers to India. Well, this is American podcast. Hey, we don't care about the British. You go, He's a big history guy. Go home and watch this. soccer. thinking about the listeners right now not brady brady looks like he's going through something right now there's sweat sweat dripping into my eyes i've always asked him if he's wanted a chair to record this podcast but he just stands up i lord myself i don't know i can't put my finger on it i pull an lbj um i got i got bad knees so like when i sit down for too long it hurts <laughs> oh man i was uh i was gonna ask no, you nobody heard you what if you insulted me no one heard you no oh, well, i didn't hear you no, either well, no he's such a, he's such a rascal i would say this i don't know maybe get a little back on oklahoma topic here but we we heard beaten bow calvin thibodeau spoke this week um, thought it was interesting. We we touched on this earlier, and I wanted to throw this to you. We we told you, joked about Perry on Winfrey having the captain number or letter on his chest. I, I'm just curious. Like, what kind of vibes does he give you? Like, is there a former player that he gives you vibes of Perry emotionally? On? Like an emotional player? Yes. Is there any player of the last like decade, last 15 years that he reminds you of? Because Jordan Phillips was quiet. Oh yeah, like. In terms of him being vocal, um, I mean, it's hard to say because he's vocal in different ways because he has social media. So when I say, like, if Dan Cody had Twitter, maybe sure. maybe I wouldn't remember him as the emotional player that I remember him now because I'm just thinking about his play on the field and then, of course, the time where he fainted twice in College Station in 2004 trying to rally the troops. Uh, Travis Lewis was real chirpy as well. He was a vocal leader, a lead-by-example guy as well. Um Kenneth Murray, you talked about him. Oh, I mean, basically, like OU's best players, you know, they've been a whole, they've been a bunch of lead by example that sure. I can think of. Like you just like Roy Williams wasn't particularly like vocal in terms of like him being demonstra- demonstrative about it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Teddy Lehman, kind of the same way. Rocky Kalmus, kind of the same way. I mean, they were intimidating, don't get me wrong, and they, they would probably let the opponent know. Like, the opponents would probably be able to speak better to this than we can just watching the games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm trying to think, just going like Curtis Lofton was, uh, unless you were Chase Daniel, like that was the only time where you really saw Curtis Lofton <laughs> like, show, like, I'm the biggest badass motherfucker sure. on the field. I mean, he, he just did it with his play. But, yeah, Chase Daniel, he, he let the whole world know. Uh, oh, Ryan Reynolds basically the same way. Gerald McCoy was 
he was he was vocal in terms of being the voice for the team, the voice of the defense. Uh-huh. Like when he was speaking to the media and in interviews, like he was a great representative uh, of the University of Oklahoma in that right. But yeah, I mean, Perion is just a different kind of cat, and it's great for the social media age because I'm still like we've mentioned it before, but the whole the doc recommended ice for my finger, and he's got this big sure. swollen finger because he plays nose guard getting that thing stuck in helmets, you know, all day long. And then he has his Big 12 championship, that big-ass diamond ring on his uh, finger. was uh, That was that was something that I hope that if I played football at OU, I would hope that I would have been smart enough to think of that, to do that myself. No doubt. I, I Again, I, I think that when you look at it, like you look at 2015, right? And I'm not comparing Perriano Winfrey to Baker Mayfield at all. But I there mean, was – I can. Sure. There's some similarities just in the moxie. No doubt. I, I – I, but at the same time, I remember that picture coming out of the Tennessee locker room in 2015. And I bl- forgot who it was that said, when he speaks, everyone listens. And nobody was like, at the time, everybody was like, wait, this guy? Like, in my head, I was like, what? You know? Who, who Trevor Knight in behind him? No. <laughs> and, you know, I think, like, when you look at what Perion is going to mean to this defense, first, he's got to go play. Calvin Thibodeau hit the nail on the head. He's got to show up every game. Nailed this whole, it. this whole showing up one game, showing up one quarter, showing up one drive. It's got to be consistent every game. If he is consistent, he'll be a first rounder. If it's like last year, he'll end up in the second round, third round. So he's got to continue to be that guy. He's got to continue to get better, and he's got to continue to be that emotional leader, um, even when things go, things aren't going well. So I'm interested to see what that kind of works with this year, you know? like, Because yep. it can go one of two ways. Either you don't perform and you still are vocal and people stop listening, or you humble yourself a little bit and you're still good to the media. You're not as good as you thought you were. Or he's just a badass this year and he's everything we thought he was in terms of the emotional leader. You know, like... There's there's three options there, but I need to go back through his media session um, over the next week. Obviously, we're gonna have more. Do we have any clearance on uh, the situation with Wanya Morris yet? I mentioned it on through the keyhole. Um, that information is available on Sooner Scoop. Sure. And yeah, we've I, been pending I, that. And it hasn't usually when stuff is available on pay sites, it then trickles out to public. So that's why, yes. like, I don't when it's public, I don't feel bad talking about it because everyone has seen it. And therefore, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's just in the public domain, unfortunately, for the pay sites that get it first. But I have not seen it at least publicly discussed, and maybe I've just completely missed it. So if you want to know the status of Wanya Morris, uh, you can go to Sooner Scoop and check it out and subscribe to their website. They've obviously done a great job for <laughs> 20 decades. One years now, I think. Covering OU 22 football. or something like um, that. It is not, as far as I can tell, it's not necessarily on our Patreon because, again, it's not our information. Correct. But it's out there, and I just feel kind of weird, like even hinting at something. I'm with you. Yeah, I'll just say that I'm assuming that it's by game four, Wanya Morris is playing football. I yeah, I agree with you for sure. So by Texas, unless you know, God forbid, no injuries, but by Texas, Wanya Morris is going to play. But that could mean that that's because he plays. He starts game five for the first time of the year, or he's been playing for five games. Like I'm not, tr- I don't mean to be like yeah. weird about it, but it's just not my information for sure. And that's what's been so weird for me, right? Because usually I can like check in and ask on something like this, but crickets. Like I don't know. I wish I knew kind of more. Yeah, but I'll say this: we can work off of the fact of two things that were said on Tuesday by Bill Beanbow. Anton Harrison and Wanya Morris Morris working at the same position right now, probably not the best sign. Tyrese Robinson. In terms of what? In terms of if Anton Harrison was working at right tackle, I would feel a lot better that Wanya Morris is playing game one. But, and the fact that he spoke about Tyrese Robinson at tackle so much. Um, Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know about that. Have you like, have we got have I, you gone through the video yet that I, I got yeah, done yesterday? Yeah. I thought I was very surprised. I almost like his tape from that game better at tackle no, 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 than I like him at guard. When Tyrese Robinson wants like, to play. Th- this sounds weird. When he plays well, he's a good player. 
Correct. Like, if anybody plays well, they're a good player, I guess. But what I mean is, like, he's got a fairly high ceiling um, considering the type of criticism we throw at him consistently. Yeah. Having said that, unfortunately, you just can't really depend on it because false start after hold after false start after hold after false start after hold after false start after hold, and a lot of them get beat. A, a lot of them are just, you know, drive killers. Now, yeah. maybe it won't matter this year because the team, the offense is more experienced. Um, he only has to do the bare minimum. Apparently. Um the team is much more experienced, so maybe we get back to like the Lincoln Riley offense of like third and eight, third and nine, third and ten. Who care? We'll get twelve yards. Correct. No, no question. And it'll just kind of not matter. And at that point, Tyrese can turn into uh, let me set the tone and get a you know personal foul here and there, put us behind the chains because I know that our offense can pick it up. I just need to set a tone here because this motherfucker acting a fool. <laughs> no, that's fine. But um, yeah, him at tackle or working at tackle. I hope that that's just because. Well, he's not going to start at guard <laughs> uh, because of reasons. Sure. So let's try to find a place for him where he could get in rotationally because when you put him in at spots, I'd rather him be in there than an Eric Swenson. That's the key, right? And I, I there's an equation here, parentheses here, Oklahoma offensive line, and I mean this in the nicest way possible. I do. I've enjoyed with my time covering Eric Swenson. With all due respect. In parentheses, Oklahoma OL minus Eric Swenson, close parentheses, plus Chris Murray equals better. That's a fact. Like, you can't watch last year, even when Chris Murray wasn't doing all of his blocking schemes right, because I guess, I mean, you heard Beatonbo say, I, and if you go back and look, listen to the interview, he's like, he's been off, you know, he's been off and on since he's been here. But they tried to get a guy to play center last year, right, during practices and stuff. Of a guy that didn't have a spring nor a summer, was barely, you know, wasn't even know if he was going to be eligible or not. Um, you look back at this year at this time, we all thought, and Brady and I together, um, based off of what we both had heard, we thought Chris Murray was going to start a right guard and Tyrese Robinson was going to start a right tackle last year. And so with that being said, I look at it, man, and again, Tyrese – I think the foundation at tackle, depending on how long they've known about Wanye potentially having an issue, right? I just think that there's a foundation there. He doesn't play straight up. And let me tell you, I talked to a couple people the last couple days about some tape I, I had watched the last week. And they're all former – two of them are former players. Both of them were critical of Swenson. So everybody sees it. Beatonbow clearly sees it, <laughs> and they're trying to find their best five to get on the field. Let me tell you, if Tyrese Robinson's on the field, I put this on our Patreon post on Sunday, if Tyrese Robinson's on the field at right tackle, like, I'm trying to think. If he starts at right tackle, like, how quickly do we say the national title is gone? Not very. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, just, no yeah, yeah. I know you're trolling. I, <laughs> I would kidding. say this. Chris Murray, Andrew Rame, and Marquise Hayes, is as good guard-center guard yeah. as Lincoln has had. Yeah, because McQuistion brought this up on the latest Scoop podcast, and it's a perfect point because offensive line is so hard to project in terms of unless you've got a complete unit coming back. Sure. You know, like 2018, it was fairly easy to assume that, yeah, losing Orlando Brown is going to be tough, but you're basically just – you're essentially just re re replacing one guy. If, yeah. If, if – his replacement is just half as good as Orlando Brown. This offensive line will still be one of the best in the country. And fortunately for OU, their replacement was not half as good. He was pretty damn good in his own right. Yeah. You know, no one's going to be Orlando Brown. Like, you, like it's hard to replace that type of player. But this is OU. You should reload fairly quickly with experience. But um, what what McQuistion brought up was, I can tell you right now, just like you can, just like I can, and our players might vary in terms of the position. But I can tell you who the, you know the best players on the field at Correct. one time are. I just don't know if that means that they gel the best as a unit because you might take a guy out here and there, put him over here, and then all of a sudden that unlocks the potential. And that's something that comes not after game one or prior to game one. Obviously, you'd like that to happen. And it seems like all signs are pointing to a very quick offensive line. Like, this is who we got Correct. rolling with, according to what Bill Bimbo has said. Uh, but you just hope uh, – it doesn't get found out by post-Texas like it has kind of been the last few years of like, all right, this is the unit that we found it out now. You hope that it's found out at least after Nebraska 
Yeah. If they find it out after Nebraska, this team is probably going to go undefeated. I'm with you. Let me say this. There was a lot of talk this week. I think the biggest thing that's happened is Beatonbow mentioning Savion Birds further along than where he's been. Nate Anderson is starting to pick it up. I, I, I know it's a guy that you and I have talked about extensively because I've seen him in person. He is perfect for guard. He's like Drew Samia was, but it already in whenever he showed up, I thought he was in better shape um, in terms of being able to play. And the third one, and the third one, Aaron Parks getting work at right tackle. Who the hell is Aaron Parks? Listen, this guy coming out of high school, I thought was him and Harrison from the DMV were going to be as good as it gets. One at guard, one at left tackle, perfect. But then you see him play. He played a little bit at right tackle in the spring game. But here's the kicker here. The offensive line was Swinson and Conjol. By the way, Conjol. I didn't realize it was with the soft G. Soft G. Conjol and Swinson are perfect for this year's team. Guy gets hurt. you got an experienced guy that can come in for a couple games, stop, gap it, figure it out, whatever. But hearing that Savion Burns rep may be ready a little bit quicker than expected as a true freshman, hearing that Aaron Parks is coming along, hearing that Nate Anderson's coming along, those are three young guys, Brady, that I don't know if we would have expected to play by 2022. Um, I was going to ask you this. This is I promise you this is as seriously I don't, I don't like questions. This is as seriously joking as possible. Okay. I hope that made sense. This is as seriously joking as possible. Did Oklahoma purposely tank like Juan A. Morris's grade to keep him around for one more season? <laughs> what? Huh? I just I, We're not in the SEC yet, Keegan. Yeah, you're right. In due time. In due time. But if the twenty twenty two season comes around and Juan A. Morse is at left tackle and Anton Harrison's at right and you still have Andrew Rame, and you still have Aaron Parks, and you still have Nate Anderson, and you have other guys, they're going to be just fine. They're just gonna people People have been so worried about Beanbow over the last four months. Beanbog. I've made comments in terms of this needs to be a good year for him. There's no doubt. Like, there's no doubt that Beanbow has to have his best year yet. Okay, not best year. He needs to be as good as he was. This offensive line needs to be as good as it was 16, 17, 18, 16 after Ohio State. 16, 17, 18. It needs to be as good as that. Um, if he's as good as that, then, um, hey, Bill, if you're listening, I can get an extra ticket to Metallica in San Francisco December 17th and 19th, I believe, are the dates. Uh, we won't be doing anything in terms of OU football. Heisman Trophy ceremonies around that time. Is Bill going to be in New York? I can't see Bill Beanbow and Spencer Rattler being good close. Oh, well, 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 that's nothing against Spencer Rattler. No rumors here. No, but Bill, if you want to go, <laughs> if you want to go, I might be able to get you an extra ticket. So let's do it. Let's do it. You, me, my, my boy Matt, like we'll just just hang out, just you know, dudes being dudes. Yeah. I again, I know we got we got kind of off trap off off track off topic there for a second, but I'll say this and really finish up kind of my thoughts from the week i i am talking to people who are at practice the other day for my former media brethren brady again you said i can name him by name and i don't mean this in a negative sense but teddy and gabe again mentioned both of them on this Mentioned the fact that the strength and conditioning may not, and the guys just don't maybe not look as. Do you remember that during the summer? That quote kind of came here, up. You let know, me, let me put this as a catch-all. Okay, like, go ahead. Sentence for that. Former players have their biases, and their biases lie with, oh, these kids don't know what it was like to run with Jerry, Jerry Schmidt, Schmidt in the yeah. offseason. I so yeah. anytime that players criticize, like former players criticize Benny Wiley. Here's why I don't really listen to him is because I'm not a college athlete. I don't know. And so I should err on the side of their opinion. But they're biased. You know, it's just the old-fashioned, like, back in my day, I used to walk uphill in the snow to go to school. You don't know anything about, like, tough living. So I'm sorry, former OU players, if you think Benny Wiley doesn't do a good enough job because he's, like, hashtag CrossFit bro or whatever, uh, the players look fine to me. And I've heard that they've looked. They looked just some they don't look like they they don't look like the Oklahoma that I've known the last decade and especially is what I was told and especially a lot of the um 
especially a lot of the players that you know get here and then get a year into the program, they look fine to me. No doubt. Like Josh Ellison, let's let's. I mean, you saw the line from Calvin Thibodeau that he not the line. You saw the line Calvin Thibodeau had at his position. You know, I'll say this. There was like nine guys, Brady, in that line that have played meaningful snaps at Oklahoma and have made plays. Like, I can't, two years ago, I, I don't know if I could have named more than four guys that I was confident that could make plays. So it's a fact. And then you check out this line, and it's like Winfrey, Stokes, Redman, Kelly, Roberson, Ellison, Coe. I mean, all of them can play this year. And play like I'm trying to figure out a way to get Isaiah Coe on the field in a depth chart, right? He'll like get, he'll get on the depth chart because he just he's badass. I, yeah. s- I heard he looked like a just scary human being on on the film media or the film session, not film session, the media session um, at practice the other day. session. It's been a week. Let me yeah. tell you. Uh, my my final thing, Keegan DJ Graham looks pretty cool, and uh, I'm excited <sighs> for him. And go read John Hoover's article. Si Sooners, AllSooners.com. It got me pretty excited. So. We've promoted like four different OU things today. Well, I mean, we are inside OU. Yeah, we're, we're s- through the we're, keyhole. We're so inside OU right now. Like, we can't go any further. <laughs> you know, we we've hit the wall, so to speak. I have. I yes. I have. Uh, there, there's no going deeper at this point. I know. So like, we may have to change. Yes. That's that. No, 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 no. We'll be fine. Interesting. We'll Interesting. Be, we'll be fine. Let me tell you, this destination wedding, I've said, let me, you guys can tell the amount of beers I have because I start saying, let me tell you, and again, I listen Zach to Zach has a baseball bat in his hand, and he's just, you talk about the beer right now. I went to the, I listened, as you know, I don't try to listen back to myself talk too much. I went back and listened to the SEC pod after that happened. I didn't realize I said, and again, and let me tell you, like 20 times in that podcast. I was hammered. So... I'm sorry about that, but I want to say this. This destination wedding, I'm so glad it's back. Zach, this thing is unbelievable. We aim to please. Unbelievable. Zach wants the great guys. Good guy, Zach. Good guy, Zach. He's calling his attorneys. Oh, boy, we better better hit the road. Everybody, thank you very much for listening to us talk about Bill Beanbow. My high school uh, athletic pinnacle, and God knows what else. I got 45 minutes earlier in the summer to talk about mine. Uninterrupted. <laughs> it was like 10 minutes, I think. I don't you know how also, long that lasted. You can also come to Vanessa's house and drink the commercial free pills near what has the uh, pretty little 107.7 the franchise logo on it. Somebody walked out with a six-pack just about 30 minutes ago. Hopefully, It's it was popular. Pa- hopefully, it was paid for. It was seconds ago. That's my bad. I know, just like get it while it's hot, but it's cold at the same time. Let me tell you, it is. I said, let me tell you again, Keegan, work on it, work on it. Okay, it is nice that we've passed the summer equinox, right? The big word, big word there. Oh, we're getting like real cultish. We're ri- right? we're getting pagan to the point where we have been doing this podcast a little bit later. But Hail the summer gods or the goddess. But it's a nice little sunset. It's nice and cool out now. I, the skin cancer has mm. like taken effect already as I stood in the sun for two hours. No doubt. Uh, shout out. I was out at uh, Cash in High School the other day. Brady? People listen to us out there, believe it or not. Uh, Cash in, what up, Cash in? We mm. love you. We do. They were talking about our pot. I was excited. Do they hate me? No. That city slicker, Brady. They, uh, let me tell you this. They were there's big Oklahoma State pop out there, obviously, but they still listen. They all listen. So, shout out them. I was out there the other day. They got a little turf baseball field, and I te- texted you this. It was legit. Like they were keeping temperature. It was a hundred and ten on that turf. Does the ball bounce weird on turf? It does. Like football. Oh, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Baseball wise, even worse. But I'll say this. I'll say this. I'm at a. Uh, I'm at a point where. I'm hoping everybody goes back to grass because I'm an old school oh, yeah. and I'm traditionalist. My dad always tells me, like when he was in high school, he went and played at a baseball camp uh, down in Norman at Memorial Stadium. 
back when during the wishbone days when they had like a high crest yeah and it was astroturf <laughs> it, was, it was like playing on a parking lot so just imagine taking a grounder off that oh those things like, tore up so many knees yeah screw that oh it's amazing like thank god that we can only name like maybe one or two OU running backs quarterbacks that tore their acls playing on that crap i mean i guess it made them faster Ride OKC. Yeah. Ride OKC. Vanessa House, we love you. Come check it out. Come check it out, please. And if you don't, I'll cry. And you don't want me to cry. Mm. Clearly, I talked about high school football when I when I played 15 years ago. Shout so. out to all the Oklahoma high school school. High, Oklahoma high school schools. My high school schools. I, I, I didn't come here to play AAU football. We don't give a shit. So, everybody, thank you for listening to the Inside OU Podcast. We'll be back on Tuesday with Through the Keyhole. You can check that out on patreon.com slash through the keyhole. We've got cool stuff coming up in the coming weeks, cool content. Hopefully you like all those stupid videos I put out there for you guys. Over those on, aren't on the, stupid. On the You've th- been crushing it the last week. I like it. I like to do things when I've got the time. Uh, Keegan, Davis, Brady, Thank you very much. We'll talk to you guys later. Boomer Suter.